0: Hey there, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee. I'm a life coach specializing in trauma and addictions. And today, I want to talk with you about this idea of how to let go of someone, something, somewhere, whatever, without losing your freaking mind in the process. So many of us are in between a rock and a hard spot, and we really want to let go, but we don't know how to because of fears or worries or anxieties or whatever. Well, if that's the case, listen to today's episode, we're going to be talking about how how you can have a firm grip of what you want, what you need, and how to let go of it with maximum peace and minimal drama. And you're going to get all these tips coming to you after this short break. Hey, 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 and we're back. I am so glad that you are choosing to spend your time with me. If this is your very first time listening, I'm giving you a big old electronic hug. I don't have anything funny to say here other than I'm just giving you a big old electronic hug. <laughs> Anywho, if you are just tuning in, like I said, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening. That way, as soon as I drop a new episode, you'll be able to listen to it. Slickety split. And for those of you guys who have been listening and have been enjoying all of this wonderfulness that is this podcast, the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast, it's not just designed for introverts or not just designed for entrepreneurs, but anyone who wants to up-level their lives and improve the quality of their relationships around them. So, you know, give yourself a pat on the back for wanting to be of one of those camps, wanting to improve yourself and improve the world around you or hopefully both, because that usually comes in tandem, these things. Anywho, so thank you in advance for taking care of you. Make sure that you share this podcast with someone else, because that's kind of how it works. Sharing is caring. (laughs) Be sure to write a review wherever you're listening. I am so grateful that I've been seeing growth in my podcast. And I'm just thanking you because I know that you're part of that. So yay, introverted entrepreneur podcast team and I want to invite you to learn more about me, my story, why I'm a life coach specializing in trauma and addictions, because usually trauma and addictions, they go hand in hand. i explain that more in my com slash connect, where you can learn more about me and my story and why I do what I do. Check out all the wonderfulness that I've got going on, including signing up to my free weekly mailing list. Hint, hint, it drops on Monday mornings. And the only way you can access that if you go to info.denisedele.com slash connect, and you'll be able to sign up to it lickety-split. So, And one more thing before I forget on my list of things to tell you before we dive into today's episode. Everything that we're going to be talking about in general can be found in my course, Amazing Attitude, Amazing Attitude, a 21-day audio program where I take a deep dive into the subject of self-love and Inner peace and harmony. And I give you some really straight from the heart messages, as well as some journaling prompts to help you elevate above and beyond the fabulousness that is this podcast. Because don't get me wrong, like there's a lot of value in this podcast within itself. But I want to be able to support you on that extra level if you feel like you are at that point where you want a little bit more support than what you're getting right now. Okay. So let's talk about this idea of letting go. I mean, I was just thinking about this other day, to be honest with you. You know, I, I had this moment where I was like, yep, it's over. And the other day, I was thinking about my love affair of this particular online culture fashion magazine thing that I had a 21-year relationship with. I I feel as if I need like a gold badge to commemorate all the years of faithful devotion to that particular website. But anyway, I digress. 21 years is a lot of years reading and consuming and sharing articles and feeling really attached to that place. But as I grew older, their customer avatar, the one that they sell and market to, never changed. I did. And we had a breakup. (laughs) Had a breakup. And... Yeah, breaking up on with online websites and gurus and all this stuff is hard to do, not going to lie. And this is where I, I was thinking about the grief process. And so allow me to wax scientific psychological stuff here for a second to kind of explain why is it so hard for us as human beings to let go. And it largely is due to the grief process. There was a, a physician researcher Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, Swiss researcher, physician, who undertook the seminal work on the grief process working on terminally ill patients. And she coined it the Kubler-Ross method. And it was first introduced in her 1969 book on death and dying. That's a really good book. You should check that out. In which she describes the five stages of emotional and physiological responses to grief, tragedy, and catastrophic loss. And it goes as follows. Shock, where you are in complete amazement of what's happening or you may not even think it is happening. You're just in that moment where you feel frozen, you're feeling numb. You don't feel anything at all. It feels as if you're watching something play on TV. It's not really experiencing you. A lot of my clients that have suffered through post traumatic stress disorder. And that also includes traumatic childbirth and labor. That can also send you in a state of shock where you don't really know what's going on. It feels as if something's coming out and externally to you you're not really feeling what's going on that's what the shock is denial no 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 i don't believe that's what happened that happened with somebody else where the experience that happened to you is more or less it happened to somebody else and you cannot feel as if it happened to you personally so you don't even pretend it even happened and you even if someone presented you facts and figures and heck even a video displaying you are part of the action or your interactions or heck even emails you're like no. Nope, That didn't happen. That was plagiarism. It was falsified. It wasn't me, you know. And then when you move from that shock and denial, then you arrive smack into the barter where you're trying. And I see this so many times where people are trying to bargain their way out of it. I remember I was talking with a client the other day and she's a new client of mine. And I always know that when I'm struggling, we're kind of working through it when they try to tell me, well, maybe I can take a multivitamin or perhaps I can take some time off from my job or they're just trying to figure out some type of way to exchange their pain in exchange for some type of short term remedy. And that's what's called bartering when you're just trying to somehow mitigate the pain or eliminate it by you exchanging something token on your side or just trying to figure out some kind of way to not have it hits you full force. That's what's bargaining. And then anger, once you can't bargain or plead your way out of it, then you're angry, you're pissed, as, you know what, and you're infuriated. And that kind of reminds me of the four classes of anger, where you are resentful, or you are feeling intolerant, or dismissive. And then the last one is, Indignation, like I can't believe how dare this happen to me. But anyway, when whatever form of anger that you're feeling, it feels all encompassing, and your eyes are just light up with anger. Even just the thought, or the smell, or the sight, or the word that triggers your memory of that particular person, place, a thing, shoots you with anger. You know, one of the things I think about is I had this one client who went to this Ivy League institution, and any time that name of that institution was mentioned. I'll never give a single dime to my alumni ever again. They never invested anything worth that I could use for my career. And I just felt the anger, deep, deep, deep anger. And so that's what you're... But actually, it's a good thing. You're at the bottom of the slope here. It's a slope. The grief process is sloping. So you know you're starting to arrive at the other side once you're actually feeling the anger. A lot of people, they try, they stop right there in the grief process and just let the anger literally overtake them. And that's where the health problems come in. That's where the insomnia and the lack of sleep and the anxiety and the overwhelm comes in because you never learn to work through that anger. And that's one of the things that I work with in Amazing Attitude as well as private coaching. So check that out. com slash connect if you're interested in working with me, is that help to work through the anger because a lot of people just stay stuck in anger and they wonder why they are not feeling fulfilled or happy or they're just swallowed up in those emotions. Okay, Because anger is definitely a protective shield that shields us from working through those emotions instead of trying to cover and mask them up. But anyway once you're through the anger, you're at depression. And believe it or not, depression is starting to awaken you to all those feelings that you didn't want to experience. The hopelessness and the despair and the loss and not feeling energized or not feeling hopeful and not feeling as if no one can relate to you and actually this is kind of where I want to park and just say this mo- one thing cuz it's on my mind for many many years i suffered through oh gosh so many different bouts of depression bouts of i remember the, just the other day i was thinking about you know when i was single and my 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 family and I, we went on several trips with the family. And I remember one particular trip we went to it was an island. It was such a beautiful, beautiful island, St. Kitts, Nevis, beautiful tropical Caribbean island. You should go there if you ever get a chance, anyway. I went there and I remember thinking that, okay, during this time frame, we're all going to unite. We're all going to be spending time with a family. We're going to drop the grievances. And lo and behold, all the drama, all the chaos, all the insecurities that I felt within myself got triggered against their own insecurities. And then I find myself depressed on a five-star hotel, drinking rum, tequilas, whatever I could put my hand on to numb my fact to the, to the reality that I was trying to make my family members treat me in a way that they didn't have the skills nor the inclination to want to do. And it took a lot of years for me to realize that I grew up, they didn't. And instead of just working through that anger working through the depression, I just try to cover it up with alcohol. And that's hence why I am a life coach for addictions and trauma, because these things come hand in hand. When we're trying to change people, that means that there's something within ourselves that is deficient. And we, instead of working on the deficiency within ourselves, we try to change everybody with, around us and we become either codependent, depending on other people's for our le- livelihood or addicts or Sometimes a little combination of both. But anyway, that's the idea of depression. And then once you move past from the depression, it's resignation where you're like, you know what? These people, this situation, it ain't changing. And staying depressed ain't working for me. So I'm going to just wave the white flag of surrender and just admit that this thing's the way it was is the way it was, and I need to change. And then lastly, acceptance. When you're like, oh, the clouds are breaking, the sun's appeared, and you're finally able to accept the situation for as it is, not as you want it to be. So this Kubler-Ross method of shock, denial, bartering, anger, depression, resignation, acceptance, it's part of the process of letting go, part of the process of separation. And too many of us know full well something in our lives needs to end professionally and personally. That partner, romantic partner that always promises to stop, insert bad behavior, the drinking, the drugging, the misusing of the finances. You know what I'm talking about. You've either had that situation where you've been in relationships with the same, same person, but just different names and the same dynamic because you Always want to believe that somehow this relationship is going to be different. This relationship is going to be different, but you're attracting the exact same people, with the same dynamic. Okay, or the boss or the client that keeps promising you that they'll respect your boundaries. No, I won't call you after work, but they always do. Or they keep, they send five thousand messages for that unimportant task that they don't even care about. That's due next week, right? And then you find out you you work so hard to deliver it, and then they just kind of toss it to the pile. They just like having you on pins and needles anxious afraid there's a wonderful book by sandra brown women who love psychopaths but you know you can interchange the pronouns he for she she he for she if you're a man too because the same information will also pertain where for a lot of us we have been attracted to sociopathic psychopathic narcissistic personalities that just abuse our trust and uh, don't respect the, our boundaries. And then the book kind of talks about how to deal with that. I also summarize that a, a little bit in some of my workbooks and my private one-on-one coaching about how to work through that. But anyway, that is definitely something that I want to call your attention to about either the, the the in the personal life, the professional life, or heck, even your family life, where I, I mentioned earlier where... I was always trying to bargain and plead my way to having certain family members respect me, okay, which I teach my 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 lady clients that if you want to be a feminine woman who has a career rather than a career woman, you want to be cherished, so it's not the same as respect, and I dive in a little bit deeper one-on-one coaching program with respecting versus cherishing. But the summary is, in order for you to be respected for your thoughts, you have to be a do-good to feel good. If you want to be cherished for your feelings, you have to be a feel-good person to do good. And the reason why some of us have so many health problems so many issues is because we fail to realize biologically we're going against the way we're built. And that's why we're so unhappy. But anyway, Going back to the whole family member dynamic, so many of us are trying to have a particular person approval, a family member, someone close, in order for us to feel validated. Again, that's a sign of codependency. We're somehow thinking the solution is a nod or a... Uh, uh, affirmation or validation from somebody else, hoping to God that our lives will improve once we get that. How many times have we tried to get validation from someone only for them to raise the yardstick a little bit higher and then say, well, yeah, well, that's great that you have that. Well, let's try something else. And then you go on and on and on and just feels uh, unending. You're you're on this mouse trap or this mouse wheel, whatever. And every time you feel like you've got a little place running and getting picking up speed, you're you're no longer no further ahead than when you first started. And that's insanity. Sandy. And if you want to change, you're going to have to realize that something has to change within yourself first, rather than your external environment. And this realization came to me personally, Because I realized there was something that was going on in my professional life where I was very attached to someone that the thrill was gone. It was clear that this person was not as enthused as the project that we were working on. And instead of trying to fight and beg and plead for them or trying to convince them via emails or whatever that I can make it work, I had to let them go. I had to let them go. And I realized that I, this person was not the only person that can help me in this endeavor. And so what I want to talk with you now and the time that we have remaining is the resistance we feel to change. And it's totally natural for us to feel the resistance to change because we as human beings, we like continuity. We like familiarity. We like the same person, places, and things. We like the our, all, our old familiar haunts we sometimes we just go on autopilot doing certain things. I'll never forget I, the other day I was talking with a client of mine and she was telling me about how frustrated she was to try to get appointments for this particular doctor and I leave messages and they don't call me back. I'm always trying. The last time I talked with them, I, she was an hour late, the doctor was an hour late, I only had 10 minutes to talk with them and I just literally said, why are you doing this? And we just went through all these different scenarios of her denial. And one point she, she, she told me, well, it was a recommendation from my other doctor. I said, we'll get another recommendation. And then my client said, I have this fantasy belief that they'll recognize me because I get to see them all the time. And I said, this ain't cheers. Everybody where everybody knows your name. That's why we have patient logs. I mean, I think about even my practice, I always write up client notes so that my clients, as well as I am, informed of what was transpired in our private conversation. Professionals do that. We keep notes. So even if we have to transfer the case log to somebody else, we can be able to all be in a, an alignment of what happened and what transpired. This is what I'm talking about. For a lot of us, we try to bargain and plead. And lastly, This My my client said to me, well, I hate change. I said, well, change is part of life. And so if we had to be really honest, we have to confront the idea of change because neurobiologically, we need the change in order to grow and mature. It's something very interesting that I want to share with you, this idea of distress versus eustress. And we all know about this idea of distress where we are in a situation where it makes us feel uncomfortable, right? and we feel so nervous, our hearts might beat, our our eyes dilate. we're in that fight, flight, flop, fear mode, right? But... That's distress when we're feeling immediate danger. But unfortunately, a lot of people mistake distress from eustress. And when distress happens, you're having a surge of cortisol, this the stress hormones, and it rips off the T-cells in your immune system and exposes the myelin sheaths in your nerves, and it kind of can distort your cells. And literally, it's cancer training. I'm not talking about cancer training. That's distress when you're putting yourself in harmful situations. Now, interestingly enough, at people who are suffering from addictions, which include codependency, put themselves frequently in stressful, de-stress situations because it's familiar and comfortable. And that's why a lot of I, some clients have come to me, they're just sick, literally sick, because they put themselves through decades of, of abuse, uh, either directly or through, via the hands of somebody else that are abusable. What I'm talking about is the idea of stress. eustress. stress is a little bit different. You stress is where you're allowing yourself moments where you're challenge yourself to think differently, do a little bit differently, act a little bit differently, and you. As a result, it helps you be able to process things faster and you're able to see things in a more objective, clear light. And more importantly, you can be able to handle things much quicker than you once could do before. If you're interested to learn more of what about that is, the science behind it, neuro. Psychologist, actually, neurophysician Norman Deutsch. He wrote the book, two books, is really good. The Brain That Changes Itself, it, Stories of Personal Triumph from the Frontiers of Brain Science. And he talks about the idea of brain plasticity, where he explains how the neurons actually can learn faster and more effectively via healthy. Use stress activities. And then the continuation, another book, also by Dr. Norman Deutsch, is The Brain's Way of Healing. That actually kind of dives into natural, non-invasive ways for you to utilize sound and vibration and movement to help your brain process things well. And also, the you can do that via cognitive behavioral therapy techniques that I utilize in my practice, as well as an amazing attitude, so that you can be able to utilize your brain's ability to think logically and rationally and be able to see things for how it is, not how you want it to be. And part of this conversation we're having is for you to understand how grief is actually part of nature's design to help you work and flow through the discomfort, work and flow through those emotions, and so that, that you can be able to not be affected, meaning that the emotions are overwhelming you, but to effect the emotions, meaning that you're understanding, you're using information as t- tools, the, the emotions as tools, so that you can be able to do things better. I know I talked a lot about different things, so let me use this time right now to summarize. First and foremost, it's totally natural for us to have that hesitancy, to not take that next step. And the reason behind it is the grief, the grief of mourning things that it once was. And I mentioned with you the process of grief via the Kubler-Ross method, where it goes from shock to denial, to bartering, to anger, depression, resignation, and acceptance. And we've all seen in different flavors in our business life with bad poorly behaving employees or clients or bosses in our personal life or for family or friends or heck even lovers and for a lot of us we have created so much instability within ourselves emotionally because we fail to work through those emotions and come out on the other side because trust me there is not necessarily a pot of gold but there is a rainbow at the end of the dark Part that you may be working through. And I know it's painful and I know that feels discomforting, but part of our process of healing is understanding that we can either accept our situation, meaning that we see it for how it is, not how we want it. We can reject it, meaning that we may not have the tools or support to deal with it effectively. That's why I have amazing attitudes so that you can be able to have some support, some type of tools, some resources, or you can see things objectively. Or you just reject it. All right, it's like no, I, I, I don't, ha- I don't have it. Even if I have the tools, I don't want it. But I never want you to tolerate. It. I never want you to be in a situation uncomfortable unnecessarily. And I'm hoping that as you're understanding the grief process, where are you on the grief? Are you, are you feeling angered? Are you feeling suppressed? Are you feeling? resignation, are you trying to barter? Are you trying to bargain and plead? Are you where are you? It's so important that where you understand where you are and understanding in order for you to push through it, you're going to have to get the tools, emotional tools. And that's why I have amazing attitude. That's why I have private one on one coaching available for you. That's something that you're like, you know what, I can't do this on my own. And I need a little bit more support. So that's there for you. Anywho, that is it. I'm so glad that you had a chance of listening to this episode. Was there anything that I said that was like, wow, I, well, Denise, like you hit the nail on the hammer. So if that's the case, I want to invite you to let me know via a voicemail message. Check out FM slash Denise T. where you'll be able to leave me a voicemail message. Please let me know. In the beginning or the end of your voicemail message, whether or not I have permission to air your message, please also include your first name only in your hometown and what's going on. If you love this podcast episode, make sure you share it with somebody else. I think I said that already, but I just want to say it again for emphasis (laughs) and be sure to reach out to me at info.deniseglee.com slash connect, where you can learn more about me, send me a message or what, or even recommend someone else on my show. Always lovely to hear other people. Well, that is it. I am so grateful for this time with one another. So take action, do something. Don't just wallow in the disappointment that you're feeling. Just understanding that we all face it. We all have to grow up and do different things. And I'm hoping that you will do something different today. Well, that is it. Take care and be awesome.